0: There's a
2: high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. there's a moment for you.
1: Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh. And the driving jam time. Can the Pelicans win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. back, pattern caught. Touchdown! Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's a beautiful day to
3: celebrate Cardinal baseball. Hope you're enjoying the day with your friends and your family. The Cardinals play at three ten today, two fifteen pregame. Cardinals manager Mike Schilt is coming up at 11-15. This is Memorial Day weekend, and thank you, thank you, thank you to the men and women who serve our country, who have served. And to those who made the ultimate sacrifice, we remember you today and always. And the Cardinals are playing some good ball right now. They have won four in a row. They closed out the White Sox with a 4 nothing win. They went down to Arizona and did not miss a beat. First inning.
2: Yadi he swings and rips it into left field for a hit. Tommy Edman comes around third base Peralta's throw goes to third nothing Cardinals A two out RBI hit for the Cardinal All-Star catcher Yadier Molina
3: John Rooney with the call on KMOX Cards up one nothing. third inning Look who's up again Yadier
0: Certainly having an All-Star type season so far That's Yadier Molina Who singled in the Cardinals first run And he grounds this one left side That's a base hit Fast to diving Escobar. One run scores, here comes Goldschmidt and he is safe at the plate. A terrific slide by Goldschmidt. Now Molina goes to second on the error at home on the overthrow and the Cardinals are on top. Three to nothing.
3: Ooh, I hear some Cardinals fans roaring down there in Arizona. Yeah, I know the Diamondbacks are in last place. I know they've lost, but that doesn't matter to me. This is about a team that's trying to hit some big league pitching with consistency. Th- still in the third inning, Tyler O'Neill.
0: Swaying in a looping liner to left field in the gap, and that's going to get down and bounces over the head of the center fielder. So Tyler O'Neill has hit a double and driven in two more, and it's five nothing Cardinals.
3: Justin Williams made it 6 to nothing with an RBI ground out. You want to make it 7? How about this? <laughs> Fifth inning, Tyler O'Neal. My goodness.
2: There's a swing and a long drive. That ball is hit to deep left center and long gone. O'Neill is homered in three straight games. 7-0 Cardinals. Tyler O'Neal with his 11th home run of the year.
3: RoboCop hit one 450 feet. That is just unbelievable what's coming out of... Uh, Tyler O'Neill, right now. Bomb after bomb. He has 11 on the season as John told you. It's 7-0 Cardinals, bottom of the fifth.
2: Here's a high fly ball. That's hit to deep right center field. Williams back at the wall and the ball is gone. Out by the swimming pool. Stephen Vogt hits his fourth home run of the year. And the Diamondbacks are on the board. The Cardinals' lead has been cut to 5, 7-2. to two.
3: Off Adam Wainwright, who stayed around in the sixth inning. He walked Eduardo Escobar and then faced David Peralta. He doubled. The Cardinals visit the mound, and Christian Walker's up.
2: Curveball is hit up the middle. That's a base hit. Scoring Escobar. Peralta comes around third base, and he scores. So now it's a 7-4 to game in favor of the Cardinals.
3: And uh, it's Wainwright giving up all four of those runs. Cabrera comes in and calms things down. In fact, the entire Cardinal bullpen was very good. Cabrera, Gallegos, Webb, and Reyes, all with scoreless innings. Wainwright goes five, good enough for the win. He gives up four runs and talked after the game. Cards won at 7-4.
4: It, it can be a hard thing to pitch with a huge lead. You don't complain about it, um, but you can you can lose focus a little bit and you can't pitch to the scoreboard. So, you know, a lot of times you'll hear, uh, and inexperienced player or pitcher say like, we'll just throw all fastballs, you know, and, uh, that's just the way to let the other team right back into the game, you know, so it's one zero in my mind when that happens. Um, and, uh, you just try to hold that lead, you know, you're just trying to, you're just trying to hold that lead no matter what no matter what the score is you're it's one nothing to you that's that's the mindset I try to take in those games but um they they pushed a couple across tonight but uh, that's that's usually the mindset that works for you then is it the leadoff walk that
3: that maybe stands out is that right there in the sixth where this game maybe goes for you
4: yeah, yeah. and you know I walked the pitcher earlier which I you know gosh um through a couple of close pitches he took but just trying to be too fine there. And then the leadoff walk in the sixth inning really chaps me because the other ones are CNI ground balls, you know, but there's, there's nobody on base. We, we, who knows where we're playing or if those are positioned differently or if, you know, make a different pitch or whatever, but got the exact result I wanted to with Peralta and just didn't go to, to Tommy. And then, uh, I mean, you know, the ball that Walker hit is six inches off the plate away exactly where I'm Trying to throw that ball and got soft contact. Uh, just he just found a hole. So, you know, the pitch to 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 vote is is uh not what I'm trying to do. It's it's not a terrible location. It's just that's kind of happy zone for him. That area. I just got to get that up or down, just not in that tweener area. And uh I threw it right there. But the leadoff walk in the six is really, is really what I'm looking at right now. I mean, I had I had very good stuff. Especially early, the first three innings, I thought, you know, I'm going nine for sure. I had I had nine stuff and just uh, got in some bad counts and they they pushed some runs across them.
3: Adam Wainwright, his analysis of his pitching last night as the Cardinals won the game seven four, Waino looked really good through five, uh, but he did give up the home run in the fifth. So I'd say he looked really good through four. Gave up the home run in the fifth. It said it chapped him walking a a batter in the sixth, and then a couple more runs scored on him, and the Cardinals ended up winning this game anyway. But uh, good analysis there from Wayno, self-critical. Uh, and the Cardinals' rotation, very important. If they're going to march forward here in 2021, they're going to have to have good starts throughout. We'll take a look at that a little further with Mike Schilt and John Moselock They are back-to-back to close out the show. The manager of the Cardinals is standing by in Arizona, and he joins us next. I'm Tom Ackerman. It's 1113 Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX
1: time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals 2021 season with Redbirds manager, Mike Schilt. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule on your voice of the Cardinals,
3: KMOX. Nobody gives us the inside scoop on the Cardinals quite like the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals himself. Mike Schilt, his radio show is now and he joins us live from Arizona. Good morning, Mike. How are you today?
5: Doing great, Tom. How about yourself, sir?
3: Doing wonderful. It's great to talk to you. And, uh, of course, we enjoy our freedoms this weekend, Memorial Day weekend. We have a lot of people enjoying themselves out barbecuing or playing golf, Mm -hmm. fishing, out on the boat, listening to Cardinal baseball. And we're able to do that because of the sacrifice of the men and women of our country. Mike, what does this uh, weekend, Memorial Day weekend, mean to you?
5: Yeah. You know, uh, we've had a lot of people do exactly that sacrifice for our freedom. And it's not something that hopefully anybody, including myself, takes, takes uh, for granted. Um, very blessed to have people defend our country and, and unfortunately die for our country and uh, allows allows me and us to do something that we love that protects us and do the best they do to protect us and sacrifice for us to allow us to go play a wonderful game of baseball or to be on that boat or to just, uh, you know, have choices in our lives. So it's a, uh, a, it's a uh, special weekend that uh, we want to make sure we capture and, and remember the people that have um, sacrificed for us.
3: That's very well said, and, and I'm getting pictures uh, from my friends who are taking full advantage of a nice day with the family. They're sending me pictures of ribs. Well, everybody's everybody's smoking ribs, Mike. Uh, that's. That's a big thing. I love ribs. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I actually grew up in the the barbecue business in that uh, my dad uh, and some friends started a barbecue restaurant here in town called Memphis Best. Now, you worked in Memphis for a while, and you would understand where the best ribs in the world are. I'm not going to start that argument with people, but uh, (laughs) here in the Midwest, and you're from North Carolina, so you've got a, a good say there, but I'll just say this. We've got it good, don't we, from... From right here in the Midwest all the way through where you grew up, Mike?
5: Yeah, the barbecue is amazing. The ribs are unbelievable. There were some uh, multiple places in Memphis that, man, you just makes makes my lips water thinking about it. And some great barbecue and, and, uh, in and around the St. Louis area for sure. And, you know, in North Carolina, it's, um, you know, Eastern and Western style barbecue. So there's a little bit of a civil war on whose barbecue is the best but yeah. they're both delicious.
3: Yeah, they are. What what makes uh, Carolina barbecue? Is it the mustard uh, in the in the sauce? Is that, Does that make it unique and stand out? Is it more vinegar based? What is it there?
5: Well, that's the Civil War. I mean, that's the, you know, <laughs> half the state's mustard and half the state's more vinegar based, so uh, I love them both. I don't give it. I just eat it. So, um, <laughs> But, you know, people have, you know, a lot of barbecue contests. And there's a healthy debate that will never be solved. Uh, just individual preference, probably, but Um, You know, it's very uh, territorial on the barbecue in North Carolina.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. And here in St. Louis, we got it going really well. I mean, we've made a huge, huge uh, stride. But I do tell people when they start boasting that the St. Louis has the best barbecue around. I'm like, now be careful! Now you're you're disrespecting our friends over in Kansas City. I mean, they have they have uh, been at this for a long time. And of course, down in Memphis which was my preference growing up, I, they all are really, really outstanding. Well, I know that a lot of people are cooking right now and listening to us, Mike, so let's talk about your ball club. Your ball club's playing well. You've won four in a row. You closed out the White Sox with a nice 4 nothing victory, and we'll get into that a little bit. And then you turn around, you go to Arizona, and you kept on the Diamondbacks. Just overall, how are you feeling about your club right now?
5: Uh, well, you know, offense is uh, really, really... Um... You know, contributed from, from top to bottom. For the most part, Tyler O'Neill clearly has been a bowl, uh, bolster back to the lineup. Um, you know, we, we pitched well. We got stepped up in the bullpen to pitch and getting big outs. Um, and we just you know, played a lot of gritty, hard nosed you know, baseball in some close games that allowed us to, you know, be able to come in the other end and shake hands.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And yesterday was one of those. A 7-4 victory over the Diamondbacks. Saw your team jump ahead early. Yachty with an RBI in the first. Yachty with a two-run single in the third. You mentioned Tyler O'Neill. He has the two-run double and then an absolute bomb. Uh, in the fifth inning, that went 450 feet. Adam Wainwright was scoreless through five. He was hit for a couple of runs in the fifth and then two more in the sixth. Mike, he ends up going five. We just heard from him, his Zoom with the media from last night. We just played it. Uh, I love how he analyzes his own pitching, don't you? I mean, he really dissects it. Uh, he can be tough on himself, but also at the same time comes off very optimistic and positive. He is he is a, a quite the mind when it comes to pitching.
5: He does. It's uh, well well described. He uh, understands his crap. Been doing it a long time. Really good at it. Um, I love how transparent um, and what a good great self-evaluator he is. And you know he'll be not too hard on himself. He's got super high expectations. But you know he can talk you through how, what he was thinking, how he was thinking, um, which is you know an elite baseball IQ. Like uh, of course, working with Yachty, 283 games tied to fourth all-time battery mate. Um, pretty special accomplishment. From two special guys, but. Yeah, Wayno's going to shoot it straight, and um, just not going to by anything. And, and uh, you know, he's good through, through four for sure. And then fifth, a little, um, you know, got, got a couple on him. The up walk, I think he probably addressed it, you know, hurt him in the sixth.
3: Yeah, he said that really chapped him, is what he said. He didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he didn't like that walk, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he ends up with three walks. He strikes out six. He gives up four runs in five innings and gets the win, and that's thanks to a lot of people, to Wayno himself. Uh, to the offense for providing it, and then your bullpen was solid. I mean, Henesis Cabrera comes in and cleans up the sixth. He has been so good for you. Let's start with him. I mean, Henesis has really come into his own. I feel like we talk about it every week, but it, we should. Uh, he has been uh, a good, solid contributor
5: for you, hasn't he? Been a tremendous contributor. Uh, wants the baseball, likes the moments. Um, you know, embracing the competition, and he's really turned into a. A guy that makes a lot of quality pitchers and a quality pitcher in this in this league, um, multiple weapons. You know, last night he was up to 98, but throwing his fastball for strikes um, and a really really good changeup, uh, dirty changeup, and then it, and a breaking ball that also went in the zone is a is a filthy pitch. So, you know, he's done a great job for us, um, and uh, we're we're excited about how he's progressed and how he's went about his, his business.
3: And Gio came in in the seventh and got a couple of ground outs and a strikeout and another scoreless frame for him. He just does his thing, doesn't he? I mean, Giovanni Gallegos has worked his way into one of the better veteran relievers in this game.
5: Yeah, no question about it. Gio's a dependable guy. We, we um, put him in the middle of the lineup last night in the seventh and, um, you know, did a great job. Just those strikes, best ball, put some the life on it. Um, you know, good really good slider. I mean, it's a swing and miss pitch. Um, He's able to go to the top of the zone with his fastball and the slider that looks like it's either come on his hand and just disappears. So it doesn't make situations bigger than they are. Just goes and pitches and and gets his outs and um, just does a tremendous job for us.
3: And for a number of years now, you've called on Tyler Webb to get some big outs for you and you did that last night. And look, we all know, I mean, his numbers are not where they want to be. They are where he wants to be. He's had some struggles, Mike, but you've stayed with him and he worked a scoreless eighth for you last night.
5: He he's had, you know, he's had his you know, a, a bump in the road um, but you know he just he really well, got three big outs last night in the eighth. Um, you know, uh, the guys in the bullpen have been worked and, and uh you know it's time for Webby to get his opportunity and uh threw in the lead in the eighth and, and uh went out and gave a ground ball single to, to Smith and then um one, two, three after that for three big outs and nice job.
3: We're going to talk to John Mose-lock, uh after we're finished, Mike. We'll have him uh, wrap up the 11 o'clock hour, but uh, we'll get some thoughts on, on some of the movement there and how players are doing. But what are you hearing about Andrew Miller? Uh, so far, so good in his return?
5: Yeah, so far, so good. Mo alluded to it um, about what his plan will be, so I'll let him do his, his part. But no, um, yeah, so far, so good. Feeling good about what he's doing. Um, you know, wants to get on the mound, get the touches, and he's getting those, and he's. Uh, He's done a nice job, sounds like, in recovering and just a matter of, uh, you know, how many times he wants to throw more and, and, you know, get get back to it. So we'll uh, we'll see what that looks like. But encouraging uh, steps from Andrew.
3: And then you have this guy, bottom of the ninth.
2: Three and two. The runners lead at second and third. Two outs. The pitch on the way. A swing and a miss for a Redbird winner. Christian Walker strikes out. Stranding Rojas at third. Marte at second as this ball game comes to an end. The Cardinals have won three in a row in Arizona, four in a row overall, and maintain a half-game lead over the Cubs in the National League Central. The Cardinals beat the Diamondbacks tonight 7-4. to
3: Christian Walker the final out there. Alex Reyes gets the job done, and Walker had uh, an RBI single, two-run single against Wainwright in the sixth, so uh, he was a threat for sure. Reyes gets it done, Mike, and that is now 15 saves for Alex Reyes. What a season he's having.
5: Yeah, he's doing a nice job, you know, um, really taking to the role, um, getting better in a sense of just continuing to, to stay present, make pitch-to-pitch. This um, pitch both good. Things don't go quite right. Still stay locked in and, and be able to, to execute when he needs to. So multiple weapons, um, fastball slider's been great. Change-ups really filthy. Um, when he throws it, um, it's it's a good, different look. And, you know, he's got a curveball, too. He's got, you know, from a history of starting, he's got a lot of different weapons to use and and use when he needs them.
3: Absolutely. And, look, everybody would love a 1-2-3 inning in the ninth, but I don't know of many closers who have done that in their careers throughout, except maybe Mariano Rivera. I mean, you know, Alex Reyes said something recently. I can't remember when that was, but he said something about, Closing that I thought was very wise, very smart thing to say. He said, "Why it can be difficult in the ninth is that the team that you're facing has nothing to lose. You know, they're uh, they're they're trailing. They're going to give you everything that they have, and uh, those last three outs are tough to get, aren't
5: they, Mike?" Yes, absolutely. It's a good. Um, he's right. It's a, it's a good description of it, and um, you know he's uh, handling it very well.
3: He is, and the Cardinals got the save. Uh, Alex Reyes with his 15th save, and the Cards get the win. Final score, 7-4 to over the Diamondbacks. The previous game, Mike, an 8-6 win over the D-backs. You had uh, Johan Oviedo starting for you. Now, he ended up uh, walking 6 in this game, but again, your bullpen came through with a Jake Woodford performance that was very strong. My goodness. I mean he strikes out six, doesn't walk anyone. In his two and two thirds, Mike ended up getting the win, followed by Helsley and Ponce de Leon. What did you think of the previous game on Friday?
5: Uh, you know, gosh, Woody was huge for us. You know, he again got a lead or um you know, he goes out and just wasn't able to command his fastball and you know, be able to repeat much of anything in the strike zone, so but, you know, this gravity got us into the fifth and um, you know, at that point, it's time to bring Woody in, and Woody was fantastic. You know, second, third, one out, and then uh, goes out for a clean, clean six and clean seven when our bullpen was, you know, thin. Um, you know, so he did a great job with the lead to to, to, to be able to you know, squash any um, comeback threat, and he was fantastic. Multiple pitches for strike, really good slider, fastball with a lot of life to it, um, good be low. And, you know, it was really locating and working well and giving Yachty weapons
3: to, to use. Really great development for you and that Jake Woodford comes through in that way. Before that, I want to play this for you, Mike. This is the third inning. Madison Bumgarner said after the game that it was probably the best at bat I can recall anybody having against me. Here it is.
0: The 2-2 pitch is hit towards left field. That's towards the uh, track, backing the left fielder up to the wall, and it's gone! It carried out of here. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. How did he hit that pitch? Down and in, and he golfed it into the bleachers. That's amazing what he just did. Again, looking in, in, in. That's what Arenado did, and he hit his... 11th home run of the season.
3: Eight pitch at bat against Madison Bumgarner, Nolan Arenado. Sometimes you just sit back and say, wow, when players do things, and that's one of them, Mike. What a hit. What a home run.
5: Yeah, you know, to your point, you know, there's just a lot of baseball that our dugout has seen over the years, and, and um, you know, it's not common. Something happens in the field, and the rest of the dugout looks at each other like, what just happened? <laughs> um, but That was one of those moments. It was a, it was a special uh special, unusual swing, Um, but to be able to hit a home run on a pitch like that, I don't blame, uh, you know, it's a nice compliment for Madison, who's who's, uh, had a lot of experience in this game, and and, uh, not won three World Championships over in San Francisco, to say that's a heck of a compliment, and a well-deserved one, that was a tremendous at bat, and he did did some things earlier in that bat that I think is what Madison also would to win just the swing there, but it was the... You know, some of the tough pitches he scored earlier in the bat um, on, some, on some really, really tough pitches that um, was impressive as well.
3: Yeah, it sure was. And the Cardinals won that game 8-6. And the game before that was a hotly contested game in which you were up 3 uh, nothing, and then 4 nothing. The Diamondbacks were able to scratch the four runs right back at you and sent this game to the extra innings. And in the 10th, this is what happened. Yachty.
0: Goldie has his lead. They're not holding him very closely there. First pitch to Yachty is hit sharply, and it's fair. Down the line, into the corner. Goldschmidt rounds third. He's going to score. Yachty in the second base, and the Cardinals take the lead 5-4. Molina delivers.
3: Yachty or Molina has been doing it for years, and he puts you ahead 5-4 in the 10th inning, Mike. Uh, You were able to hold on for a win 5-4, Five to four, and Daniel Ponceleone was able to lock it down for you in the tenth. What did you think of Thursday's contest?
5: Um, good ball game all the way around. You know, hard fought. Know, they just want to get the lead, and they come back. And, um, man, really just uh, hard fought win, earned that one. A lot of key contributors, um, but Ponce at the end was fantastic. That you know we scored. Uh, Alex pulled him in the ninth to um, keep it tied. Yachty, big swing, big moment. What Yachty does. Um, but we don't take it for granted. Just another you know, great game by Yachty. He really played well, um, even by his standards. Recently, gone played in offensively, but Hans was terrific to go out there as the runner on second, and nobody out, and, and uh and strand him out there, and, and allow us to bring home that victory.
3: Cardinals got the win 5-4 on a Thursday. They won Friday. They won Saturday. They play today and go for a four-game sweep. They've won the series. They have a half-game lead over the Cubs in the NL Central. And when we come back, we'll catch up a little bit more with Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. Always great to have him, especially on a game day. Cards play at 3-10. It's 11:33 in St. Louis back after this.
1: Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show Sponsored by Bath Fitter It just fits your life, your style, your schedule On your voice of the Cardinals KMOX Cardinal baseball at 310 today, 215 for the
3: pregame here on KMOX. And our 145 affiliates, the largest radio network in Major League Baseball, as the Cardinals take on the Arizona Diamondbacks and go for the sweep. I'm Tom Ackerman. We are rejoined by Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. We appreciate you hanging on through the break as we... Get people ready for the Diamondbacks series, and KK is going today. Just to wrap up our talk about the Diamondbacks, you go back to KK on the mound, and it's the same as you're always looking for. KK is to do his thing, go deep into game, throw strikes. But just overall, what has KK's game been like uh, here in 2021?
5: Yeah, m- mostly that. You know, he's been able to uh, to go deeper in games. Uh, not sometimes, you know, he likes like to go deeper. I'm sure, but. Um, you know, it's just about controlling counts, um, hitting with his pitches. He's a, you know, he's got it, um you know, can make pitches when he needs to, you some traffic, and he's done a nice job for it. Works at a good pace, and, and uh, you know, we're excited to have him on the mound today.
3: That's good. Uh, the Cardinals will then go to Los Angeles and take on the Dodgers as your West Coast trip continues. Uh, to go back to the Chicago series, and I'm not going to put you in any sort of position uh, to – to go any further. I mean, I thought that you were very transparent, very open uh, after everything that happened on Wednesday, Mike, and you said what needed to be said. I guess my question to you is, uh, what has the reaction been, if any, from uh, any of your colleagues around the game? And, and uh, do you feel like you've received support for what you said on Wednesday?
5: Oh, completely. I think um, you know, there's been a lot of um, just colleagues and a lot of other um, players in this league that. You know, we're appreciative of the comments and appreciative of trying to bring to light something that um candidly is not healthy for our game on a lot of levels. So, um, you know, you do your part. You had an opportunity to say something. Take advantage of it. Um, said my piece. Uh, Try to continue to create awareness for what what's going on. And, um, you know, that's all you can do. And, uh, I think for the most part, people were felt so good about uh, the fact that it was
3: was a little more uh said in the mainstream fashion. Yeah, it was. Uh and uh, certainly it's um I guess right now you you wait to hear uh what happens further or how does that work, Mike? Is as, as I know that Major League Baseball, the Cardinals, uh, everybody will review uh, what happened on Wednesday.
5: Yeah, I mean that's out of my hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah I don't know. We'll wait and see what happens, right?
3: That's right. Uh we okay. certainly
5: nothing. But
3: who knows? Right. Uh, and uh, in defense of uh, Giovanni Gallegos, uh, for those who don't know uh, the incident we're talking about, just very briefly, uh, umpires checked his hat, told him to switch hats. Uh, Mike came out, talked to Joe West about it, was ejected from the game, and spoke at length after. By the way, and I thought that was well handled after the game is uh, you were able to talk about the game. Uh, reporters asked you respectfully about the game itself. And then when given the opportunity, he did uh, say what he felt about the situation, about Giovanni Gallegos, about how Major League Baseball is, is looking at the, some of these uh, substances, whether they're used for spin rate, whether they're used for grip. Uh, and Mike was very supportive and, and defended his pitcher, Giovanni Gallegos in that uh, certain uh, situation. So we, we appreciate that. And, again, uh, we'll wait and see what Major League Baseball uh, says about that moving forward. Uh, Mike, uh, Tony La Russa in the other dugout, I mean, that's something that had never happened before. You hadn't managed against him. He hadn't managed against you. I know that you two go back a long ways. What was that like?
5: Uh, it was surreal. I mean, you know, listen, I didn't think it would ever be a possibility, especially growing up, studying his work, respecting how he's done. And then clearly uh, when he got to the card organization.
1: Well, oh, Skip, how you doing?
5: Hold on a doing good, sir. How about yourself? Right.
3: Mike is walking right. into uh, Chase Field as we speak.
5: You, yeah. So, um, no, it was surreal for sure. Um, like I said, didn't expect it to happen. Um, then I got to know him in the card organization. and got close with him. Well documented. Uh, still close. Um, so, you know, it was time to, to compete. And it really it was all about the Cardinals and the and the White Sox going at each other. so. Um, but it was uh, definitely different.
3: I'll bet it was, no doubt about it. And uh, moving forward, we're going to let you get to work and compete. I uh, am absolutely respectful of your time. And the fact that uh, that you did it while traveling and heading into the ballpark and getting ready for this game, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for doing this, Mike. Appreciate this. Uh, good Good luck today. But before we go, as you know, always, we do our Dolan – Memory care, memorable play of the week. If you could think back to that, do you have one that stands out?
5: Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, there's a lot of good moments this past week, a lot of pauses. I tell you, the one that we're probably going to remember as much as anybody is, is that home run by Nolan. Um, that was, uh, that was a pretty impressive swing on a, on a, you know, unbelievably tough pitch. And, you know, some guys would be hard to make contact with and, you know, hit the ball at the ballpark. So, um, You know, as Chris Conroy would say, it was like a Hello Kitty backpack. (laughs) Um, i had to slip that in. But, um, yeah, it was was definitely a a memorable play and uh, represents Dolan well.
3: It's sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. If you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live, contact Dolan Memory Care Homes where they have no more than 11 residents per household. Visit DolanCare.com. Here it is. The
0: 2-2 pitch is hit towards left field. That's towards the uh, track, backing the left fielder up to the wall, and it's gone! It carried out of here. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. How did he hit that pitch? Down and in, and he golfed it into the bleachers. That's amazing what he just did. Again, looking in, in, in. That's what Arenado did, and he hit his 11th home run of the season.
3: You just shake your head and smile. There's the manager, Mike Schilt, with us for another show. Mike, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yeah,
5: have a great, uh, great day and a blessed day. Take care.
3: You too. Safe travels to Los Angeles and good luck today. Cardinals taking on the Diamondbacks this afternoon at 310. Well, we'll come back and a little bit more update you on what's going on here on a Sunday. And John Moselock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, will do that very thing. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Back with Mo after this.
2: There's a
1: high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning.
2: And it's a gutter. Big fly,
1: Nolan Aranato. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown! kansas city on america's sports voice
3: kmox we are back on the show it's 11:47. we're joined by president of baseball operations john mosellock his st louis cardinals are in first place in the national league central they lead the cubs by a half game they've won four in a row they go for the sweep this afternoon mo thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us we really appreciate it good morning Good morning. And the Cardinals uh, got the job done, three in a row in Arizona. How have you liked the look of your club so far this week?
6: Well, you know, a couple things. One is it's it's been incredibly frustrating just the amount of uh, player transactions we've had to do. So it's just been a, a tough balance. But I will say we've responded very well. Um, you know, I think obviously getting someone like Tyler O'Neill back, putting him in, in, in that lineup has made a difference. And, and needless to say, he's, he's swinging a hot bat. But, you know, I, I think the you know true test is is how the skipper and the staff are are balancing you know, the the sort of the anchors of the bullpen with guys that are trying to emerge or or give them some roles. So you know, a couple of short takeaways would be great to see what Ponce de Leon has been able to do um, over the course of the last few days. Obviously, seeing uh, Webb get some key outs last night was critical. Um, I, I think overall, you know we have a fun club. We, we 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 feel pretty good about it, but you know it's it's going to be a, a reminder to everybody it's a long season, and there's going to be some ups and downs throughout. And you know ultimately we, we we hope we can you know time time it right, where we get healthy and we can have that sort of sustained run. Where we really feel good about um, all 26 men that we have on that roster. Well,
3: you're not kidding about these moves either. I mean, you've had a lot of stuff going on, and let's spend some time talking about that if you can. So, uh, first, I mean, uh, Miles Michaelis. You know, he comes back. Gosh, I, I thought that uh, he looked good too, and it was just unfortunate. Uh the good news it sounds like is that it's not anything structural and he could pitch again. This, what is you, the latest on Miles Michaels who you just
6: transferred to the 60 day D- I- IL. Yeah, so I'd be I'd be shocked if he doesn't pitch this this year. Um again, it's going to come back to to understanding when that that what that looks like in in terms of when he can contribute. Um you know, I think you know, you're looking at probably some in in August. I always hate putting dates out there because I get yelled at if I'm wrong. But you know, th- there's nothing structurally wrong with him other than there there was some calcification buildup on on where he did have the repair. And so, you know, hopefully um, his body, with with some time off, can can work through that. And you know, ultimately, you know, he may have to end up pitching with some discomfort as he moves forward with the rest of his career. But I think, overall, our, our medical staff is pretty optimistic that, that he'll be a contributor at some point this year. What's the latest on Jordan Hicks
3: that you can share? When might he be
6: able to resume activities? You know, Hicksy, we're taking a little bit more patience with just because of coming back from TJ. And obviously, you know, you're almost two years removed from that surgery, but, you know, he's still not at a point where there isn't some risk if we push him too quickly. So. In this particular one, we got to pump the brakes. Um, you know, obviously, we'd love to have him back in that bullpen, but right now, uh, you know, it's it's better to just have him continue to rehab and and take a much slower approach than than simply just trying to rush him back. Because obviously, once you have TJ, and then you end up potentially having a second one. then your career really does become in jeopardy. So we have to play this one smart and conservatively. And so we'll just see how the next four to six weeks unfolds for him and hopefully then we have a, a real timeline on, on potentially when he could return. You mentioned Tyler
3: Webb, who pitched well last night. That was a good development for you. And Genesis Cabrera has been terrific staying on the left side. Boy, if you could get an effective Andrew Miller back, your bullpen is that much better. Where does Andrew Miller stand right now?
6: Yeah. I spoke with um, him and our PT this morning and, Right now, I think, rather than just trying to throw him back and have him on a plane to go to L.A., we're going to have him do one more rehab uh, appearance in Memphis on Tuesday, and then if all goes well, he'll likely be activated by uh, Thursday. So we're encouraged about where he's where he's at. He is working on some things when he's doing his rehab assignment. In other words, he's just not, like, checking do I feel healthy or not. There's some mechanical things that, that he's focusing on. There's um, – some, some pitch work he's he's working on as well. So rather than just trying to move him along just to say we've done that, we're going to take a patient approach with him. As I remind myself every morning when I wake up and, and have to type the transaction notes out, he's really it, it's really a long year. And, and as much as you want everything to look right and be right on a given day, it's it's always a good reminder that you know you're you're playing to get into October, not just to worry about May thirtieth. I hear
3: that it is. It's May, so we're still May, and also the fact that you know we we haven't seen a hundred and sixty-two game season in a while, so everyone's uh, reminded of that. It is a long, long season. Are you close to Paul DeYoung returning?
6: You know, Paulie is is working his way back into baseball activity. Um, the, the biggest question with Paul is is could he be exposed to to taking the the hairline fracture and making it a displaced fracture? So that's your biggest concern because if if that happens, you might lose him for the year. So. The, the key is, is, you know, where is he along on the, on the, the healing spectrum? And, and ultimately, if we start pushing him in baseball activity, are we exposing him to greater risk? And so I think uh, at the end of the week, we'll reevaluate him. He'll start doing more baseball activity this week, obviously in a very controlled environment. But, you know, ultimately, before we can clear him to go do a rehab or, or get him back in a game at any level, we have to make sure that his exposure to, to a greater injury is minimal. For those who
3: uh, don't recall, he was hit in the ribs by a pitch, and that's on his left side, Paul DeYoung. A couple minutes left, John Mozeliak's with us. And on the right side, that's the rib injury to Harrison
6: Bader. Is he feeling a little bit better? He's still sore. Um, the good news is we, we do feel like from a, a, a fracture standpoint, his was, was less than what Paulie was dealing with. But anybody that's ever had an oblique or, or intercostal or a rib injury knows that it can be uncomfortable. And, you know, unfortunately, when you have those, sometimes you just don't ever quite feel right um, for a long time. And so right now, until he gets past that just a, a sort of initial soreness, it's hard to push him. And, um, you know, I spoke with him just the other day, I was down at the ballpark. He was you know, definitely frustrated, um, wants to be on that field and, you know, between having to deal with uh, the forearm flexor, having to deal with now the oblique or, or ribs, he just wants to, you know, find a way to get back on that field. So we're doing everything in our power to, to do that, but part of it's got to let the body heal. And uh, Max
3: Moroff has a left shoulder subluxation. So, I mean, you really do. You have a, a, a list of injuries right now to deal with. But this is baseball, as you say over and over. And we have a minute to go, Mo. But... The roster is going to look different in October than it does in April, and you know it's it's a long season. I think uh, it's something that you have said over and over again is to to be patient and to see where this thing develops. Because uh, even you have your test, your patience tested, don't you? From time to time.
6: Well, of course, and you know when you think about all the different moves that we're having to make on a daily basis, it's you just want to get through the day, right? And and that's sort of the the frustrating part. And um, I, I don't think people realize the demands of, of this game when it's every single day, you know, most people always sort of reflect on their little league days or when they were playing pony league or something. And they're like, I never got hurt, but you know, this is a demanding game. It's an intense game and it's every single day. So it's, it's uh, it's a grind, but you know, look, we, 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 people understand what's at stake. People know how to prepare, how to work hard. I mean, it's, it's fun seeing the guys that, that you want to see out there in terms of like the Arenados, Molinas, Wainos, you know, their preparation allows them to keep going. And, and that's a good thing. So, you know, ultimately um, we like what we're seeing, obviously, uh, you know, we're winning games, which is, is critical. Um, we're in games, which is good. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, this, this injury bug will will subside at some point and and we can put the team out there that we envisioned. But I ask everybody just for a little patience along the way and, um, you know, certainly uh, we'll go cheer on those Redbirds today. Appreciate all the updates. Thanks very
3: much for the time. You bet, Tommy. Call, talk soon. Talk to you soon. John Moselock with us. This has been Sports on a Sunday morning. The Cardinals at 2.15 today.